0: I didn't mean to hurt him Could have been somebody's son And I took his heart when I pulled out that gun rum pum 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 Man down rum pum 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 pum
1: Welcome to Projections Podcast. This is a bonus episode. Hey, Sarah.
2: Hey, Mary. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm quite happy to interrupt our regularly scheduled program to,
1: yeah. <laughs> to bring a uh, rape revenge double bill. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Today we're going to actually be sharing our thoughts on two films, Promising Young Women and Violation. Actually, we, th- we thought they'd go well together.
2: And actually, haven't people specifically um recommended violation to us or to yes. you or to I feel like it, we've been added about violation
1: yeah definitely I've received a few dms now from people asking are you guys going to cover violation and um yeah yeah definitely I feel like it's been on people's radar mm-hmm definitely yeah
2: um uh, you know what like I, something on some of my being on my radar that i feel like it's kind i just really wanted to hear your opinion on it okay because sure. i know that we've talked about like army hammer before and this is nothing like that but have you been keeping up with the um with
1: the rare tiktok scandal N- oh no not really tell me about it
2: okay so um, basically, I mean, I use scandal as like very loosely cause it's not actually <laughs> at all scandalous, but obviously uh-huh. Raya is like an elite dating app for like creative professionals and it has a lot of celebrities mm-hmm. and like very beautiful people and people with a large Instagram following on. And, um, it has very, very stringent privacy rules. So if you take a screenshot, I think if you take one screenshot, you get a warning. If you take two screenshots, you just get booted off the platform mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. got such like famous people on it and they're kind of entitled to privacy. Um, so there have been two incidents where like TikTokers have had an interaction with a celebrity that started on Raya and went outside Raya. So to like Instagram or FaceTime, one was, um, a girl who un who matched Ben Affleck and then unmatched him. I think partly because she just thought he was, it was fake profile. Um, but when she unmatched him, he sent her a, ma- a video on Instagram DM saying, why did you unmatch me? It's me, Ben Affleck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then oh my an, god and then another girl played 20 questions with matthew perry on facetime and screen recorded it and posted that on tiktok um, oh wow so they've both been booted off the um <laughs> the platform obviously um but i just i just kind of was interested in your take because i know yeah. like we've talked about well you actually just previously to recording you were saying that like that you felt like the culture of screenshotting dms yeah. was like quite mean girly
1: mm.
2: and um obviously and I think there were just like so many interpretations of this yeah um, but I think something interesting is happening and I it just yeah I don't know it felt like somewhat connected a little bit
1: to what we're talking about but maybe not quite I think so too I mm-hmm. think so too I, you had a really good uh, spidey sense to bring this up because yeah. I feel like well first of all my, my number one question is are the tiktokers claiming wrongdoing from the celebrities or is it just for giggles or are they just trying to like is it just like name dropping on social media like I interacted with so-and-so I think that
2: it's for it's like for comedy so um so you. like okay. one of the girls says is like the the whole structure is like when you when you unmatch Ben Affleck because you think it's a fake profile and then you get a video. <laughs> um and it's like it doesn't really work as like a joke because it's just like well then you could you could simply simply sleep with him. <laughs> like you know it's <laughs> not like the video is the end of your interaction it seems like it's the beginning of your interactions. Yeah. Um so but she like but that's quite interesting cuz in like she very much like played it for laughs. And then, um, and obviously like Ben Affleck is a little bit, there's something we do seem to in today, like this day and age, we do seem to be finding like middle-aged famous men suddenly becoming (laughs) single a bit funny. And I'm not quite sure why we find it funny, but like, so there's that. And then the girl who posted the Matthew Perry thing said that she actually took it down because Mm. she said he was actually really nice. And I felt a bit bad, like humiliating him. Um, but she also said, like, I thought, it. I, you know, I'm 19 and I thought that it wasn't that appropriate for him to be talking to me. Mm-hmm. So there was like with her one, there was like she was like he didn't do anything bad, but I still think the setup is
1: bad. See, that's fascinating to me. The culture of meeting famous and powerful people today in 2021 mm-hmm. has changed so much when we compare it to like, like the groupie culture of the seventies yeah, where they like, there would have been, um, you know, in some cases uh, maybe even like a threat to life. If, if young kids were hanging around uh, tour buses and like going to parties at all hours of the night and t- maybe taking drugs and um, probably having sex, you know? So there, there would have been like a material threat there mm. to like very young people. And I feel like it. I just kind of, in a way, have to reflect on the very, like the the changing definition of dangerous from yeah. the '70s to now. So now, being in a position to like receive and send DMs, uh, with a powerful male, you know, star or whatever celebrity, even if nothing untoward is even being said, the very suggestion that there's an impulse to talk to a younger woman mm-hmm. like an, a like a teenage woman even, even if she's of age that has now become the kind of center point of danger and like where people's livelihoods are, are you know <laughs> maybe on the line yeah
2: it's interesting to me I think I think that is really interesting I think that my thoughts on it were I thought it was just interesting in terms of like what's powerful now and what yeah. women, young women want now because when I was young I think like to be like noticed and given attention by like a powerful successful man would be Mm. like my end game (laughs) like it would be you know a goal (laughs) in itself it would be like amazing um even if I like maybe you know felt it was creepy later when I grew up or you know something like that but I find it so interesting that like it's just so interesting in how in the terms of like the value of these men is so diminished in these yeah. girls' eyes that like their primary want is to like make people laugh on TikTok. Oh, uh, yeah. And I quite, and I actually, I have to say, I don't mourn that, like that switch of power. That mm-hmm. like the most important thing to this girl is not that she got, to, you know, that she <laughs> received attention from Ben Affleck or Matthew Perry. It's that she had like content with which to entertain. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, and I think I I saw I kind of think that's a positive thing a little bit like mm. that, you know, that I think it is, you know, w- women are kind of brought up to think that like receiving like love and affection from someone yeah. desirable is like the point of their lives mm. and now women think that to like make a lot of people laugh and like get a lot of likes on TikTok <laughs> is the point of their life I'm not sure how positive that is but I still think it's an interesting switch
1: yeah it's a reversal and of the power dynamics
2: it totally is there like so like these men have gone from like objects of desire to like <laughs> objects of comedy in like their <laughs> lifetime and that must be yeah, really yeah. disconcerting um and i don't know how and then the other thing i thought was you know i at first i was like you know what it's not f- like how are people supposed to find love if like mm-hmm. if their every like intimate moment can be exposed like this right but then i thought about it and i was like i think really it just exposes what raya is which is it's not about finding love
0: mm-hmm. like
2: and i think that actually t- t- just on some level all online dating is like this but raya specifically is like it's like a matchmaking service for people who want to base their relationships on like levels of power and influence it's like it's just like an a version of like when kings married their daughters off to the princes of different countries (laughs) like it's just like about people trying to like get together to make sure that like power and influence remains in the hands of the elite yeah
1: yeah (laughs) and that
2: no like celebrities marry a nobody basically (laughs) and so I don't know I think that's kind of that's what it's kind of revealed itself to be like no one's really on there looking for a connection people are just on there like making sure that what they have in mind like the the lifestyle that they have in mind the lot like are sort of you can that any kind of relationship will fall into those like safe boundaries of like this type of person who takes their career as, as seriously as I do and it's mm. not about, like, it's not, it doesn't leave anything up to the child. You know, I think love is unexpected. You never know who you're going to fall in love with. But on Rhea, it's like, you are guaranteed oh, that you're not going to fall in love with anyone undesirable. <laughs> like, wow, and who, we who like your,
1: your world deems un- undesirable. Yes. You know? Oh my God. That's so crazy. I know. Wait, so, um, so, okay. So in a way what they're doing is they're, they're trying, they're selling this dream to their subscribers that if you come on this app, will at least remove the headache of, of you ensuring that you fall in love with someone really successful or something? Is that basically,
2: yeah, like it's, it's sort of, I remember when I like broke up with my last boyfriend Mm. and I like, you know, and I voiced, which is like, I think is a common thing to feel when you've been like, you know, humiliated or heartbroken or whatever. Mm. Like I remember just like saying to someone, I feel like the next person I grow up with has to be really impressive. Yes. And the person was like, I don't think you should be looking for love in that way. <laughs> like, I don't think, you know, I think that's not that's not love. You know, mm-hmm. you're that's just you like trying to like, you know, use someone else's status to make yourself feel better. Sure, sure. And I think that rare is that. I think that rare is um, like is people who are afraid of falling in love with someone unimpressive. Wow. Like and I say unimpressive in quotes because yeah, yeah, yeah. what is
1: impressive? You know, it's very subjective. It's very subjective. But I think but it's, they have like, a very specific definition of of like yeah, success, let's that, say
2: that subjectivity is like eroded with like this is taken eradicated with rare Like, you know, oh, it's, my God. It's like, don't worry. Like, you are not going to you're not going to make a mistake and be like open to judgment about the person that you're falling in love <gasps> with. Like, even if you're not happy, you at least will be impressive.
1: That's very prescriptive. Yeah because in the you know in the in real life um i I mean I've found in my experience that I've been in situations where I've made mistakes, I've been out with a you know someone who wasn't compatible with me or whatever, and I've learned that being being very prescriptive is not a very natural condition for signaling that one is ready for true love mm. because f- because the love element is so kind of complex and it sort of defies our society's like egotistical conditions for what is successful. Mm-hmm. I just feel so sorry for people who are genuinely like signing up to this app and, and thinking like, oh, okay, I mean, I'm in good hands, you know, I'm being taken care of. It's sad in a way. I know it is a little bit.
2: I think it's really kind of, I mean, nothing, wrong with doing that like no, if that's no. what, and I think people clearly feel safe I think that's what it is about dating apps people feel yeah. safe with their checklist and their idea in their head of what is right for them what is wrong for sure. them and maybe like for some periods in your life like doing that is yeah. you know, it makes you feel better than just like naturally meeting someone it could be and reassuring yeah and obviously it is very hard to naturally meet someone like it doesn't happen every day <laughs> but I think that is what's is special about love it doesn't happen every day like yeah <laughs> So it's kind of this like, like quantity over quality mentality where it's like, you know, I guess, I don't know, maybe if you're like rich and famous, you do expect it to have like, you're like, I'm ready for a boyfriend. I want a boyfriend by 12 o'clock today. Yes. And you expect to have it or a girlfriend,
1: you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I heard a story that um, Leo DiCaprio the way that he meets like his lady friends it's bad. it's all very prescriptive and systematic and they all have to sign and um, NDAs even if they just spend one night with him
2: wow yeah do you think they, so they have to sign it before pre- pre- yeah. presumably that is yeah Yeah, that is, like, I mean, obviously, like, you could read into that as being, like, a practical thing, but it's just, yeah, that is so, like, symptomatic of a larger problem. Yeah. Um, I wonder if maybe one day he's going to get a psalmied um you know oh. like in an audition like one day like you know how to take out food is like and I get his foot sore enough with razor wire because
1: it's, it sounds like he's only a couple steps away from that I now. think so like it's
2: only a matter of time before like someone like you know passes the audition and like you know just like starts sticking needles in him
1: like, <laughs> like oh my god yeah, I can see that happening, mm-hmm. um, especially if this practice has just become normalized now for him. Like, he can't see any other way of meeting people, you know? Yeah. He's so fascinating. Like, he, I feel like he's, um, also because he just stays so tight-lipped about these kinds of things, he's very controlled. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to know more, you know? Well,
2: you know, like, sign up for the auditions. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm sure there I mean like isn't that also how Tom Cruise like Tom Cruise just like yeah. has oh like friends, like girlfriends by like um like board board members like pretty yeah. much like vote on the girlfriends don't they
1: Yeah I always say he makes it very hard for me to keep like bat going to bat friend. <laughs> yeah <laughs> As I said on Twitter once that like Tom Cruise is the hill I'm like resolved to die on I don't care and someone said, it's, it's certainly a very small hill. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you, we're in a situation where like with, ro- with romantic relationships or even interpersonal relationships, just friendships or whatever, we're sort of suddenly met with like bureaucratic um, conditions, mm. it feels a bit cultish to me. Like it makes me think of our cult series. Um, Actually, I I keep hearing crazy stories about eHarmony, actually. Really? Yeah, that is very cultish. Um, In what way? Well, just like um, that people have to like 100% absorb and align themselves with the company's mission and that it's about like, you know, just very subtly through the website, um, certain like values and beliefs are kind of propagated and we have all the people signing up for like just meeting someone or dating are kind of like subjected to not I don't want to say a brainwashing maybe that's too extreme a word for what they're doing but there is like an kind of almost like an MLM aspect to it where you have to believe in the kind of company's values not just that you're signing up on a dating site to meet someone There's an, there's an additional like overarching dynamic where you also have to like pledge allegiance to eHarmony. You wow, know?
2: that is interesting.
1: It is very interesting. I- I've just heard some like accounts um, and complaints really about the website, about where people have ended up meeting each other, but almost feeling like um, kind of hoodwinked into having a relationship whereby they had just been ident- identifying with each other in the way they had absorbed eHarmony's mission statement, you know?
2: God, that is it's, fascinating.
1: It People is fascinating. are
2: so fragile and it's I so know. easy to fuck with them. I mean, myself included. I didn't mean everyone, to say that. Like, everyone,
1: like, yeah, this is everyone. Especially when it comes to love, I feel like we're all very, it's a vulnerable thing, you know? People are coming to a company almost in, at their most vulnerable. And yeah. I feel like eHarmony having a very, very specific definition of what makes a good relationship I, I don't know, I feel like that's interfering really with maybe the natural process of meeting someone. I mean, I met my husband on plenty of fish, mm-hmm. and you can bet your bottom dollar. there was no overarching like, no, company sure. value like at all like there there was nobody feeding me like you know mantras about relationships while, I was on plenty of fish um and actually, i mean if anything the 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 com- the commonality I noticed on that website is that. A lot of the people on there were, seem to be proponents of fake tan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) that was like, that must've been a while ago that you, that must've been the early stages of online dating
1: (laughs) and also peak fake tan so it was it was from a very specific era before tinder Mm -hmm. in the kind of like just the emergence of online dating so i I definitely accept that (laughs) maybe those were the like an halcyon innocent days of (laughs) of it It was a very long time ago Mm -hmm. so um i'm definitely not privy to what's going on now for sure but um but just i just found it interesting you know like the idea of 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 a dating company imposing its own kind of values um yeah as if as if dating isn't hard enough now you also have to adhere to you know like i don't know but maybe that maybe that is in a way pacifying because dating and falling in love is maybe quite scary so having this company almost like infantilize and pacify its subscribers um takes away that scariness it's almost like a buffer zone yeah you know?
2: I think that there's like a kind of epidemic of not feeling like a grown-up. Yeah. Um because everything's so scary and confusing. Um and because everyone's like, you know, so economically stunted and um yeah, yeah. so I think that people like really feel have feel like imposters in the grown-up world and so any anyone that will explain how something should be done mm-hmm. is like likely to be successful.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because it's removing that burden away. Yeah. It's kind of just giving you like this exercise to do and almost telling you it's filling in the, the blanks for you, which is very reassuring.
2: Exactly. So I think like to go back to these girls, I think that all they've really done is like expose the meaninglessness of <laughs> of like that type of dating. Like they're like, they're not even taking it seriously as dating. Yeah, they, It's just a story for them. Like it's just, it's like a video game or something that they're playing. <laughs> And they're just like posting their high scores on like online. Like they're not it's not a life thing. Sure. It's, yeah. They've just
1: That is so it's funny. a gamer thing. Okay. That 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 really interests me. I'm I'm mm. kind of now so you said it was Matthew Perry so far and Ben Affleck.
2: Yeah, the Matthew Perry's been removed, so I didn't see oh, what he said. I guy. mean I'm sure, yeah, like it seems like he was like charming and funny and like I'm sure he <laughs> would be a nice person to play 20 questions with. Um, and yeah, the Ben Affleck thing was just like, a sort oh my of, God. Yeah, it's quite funny. But um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it is very much like showing off to a certain extent. But I think there is also, yeah, as you said, there is a little bit of like, oh, the audacity of this old man to talk to me <laughs> like a young woman. Right. Um, which again, but, a bit funny. Yeah,
1: it is a bit funny. But also, like, it is fascinating to think of, um, especially those A listers, you know? Of course, they wouldn't, they would have been advised you know by their team to kind of like stay off so- social media flirting with young girls and yeah. yet they made you know they they're kind of being caught out doing that a little bit so it just shows the kind of death instinct of these people that like this is this is now their kink of like it's like Russian roulette you know
2: <laughs> do you think they're all like kind of yeah so it's like the emotional like findomness. like there's like no money involved yeah. but like they're still like handing over like private things yes, with the risk I, of it being
1: exposed. That's a beautiful interpretation. I think that's mm-hmm. ex- exactly it. I think they, there's probably probably some like mixed up erotic drives um, where they feel just the risk of being exposed is also mm-hmm. a thrill, you know? It's really okay, I time. wonder who's going to be next. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I know. Well I mean like I we haven't seen our old friend Army Hammer in a while. So. I do yeah, what's
1: going on with Army. Like yeah. I, I thought it, I, I was bracing myself because I kept hearing there was gonna be a huge uh scan another scandal or a new revelation to do with the police and
2: Well yeah, like we like I was really taken in by that serial killer rumor. I thought it was gonna Me be too. the real thing. But no. Um so yeah, who mm. knows who's gonna be next. Maybe it will be
1: a woman. Maybe it'll be a woman. Yeah. yeah. You
2: just, you never know. Like, um, I think <laughs> maybe, maybe women have Gates. seemed to, maybe potentially women have like less of this death drive of being, like, yeah. wanting to be exposed, but, um, mm. maybe it will be Bill Gates or the other one, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Although didn't he already?
1: He, maybe. well, he, he shared some dick pics, didn't he? With he his did? girlfriend. And yeah, and then, I mean, they may still be together. I don't know. Mm. Um, um who else could it be? Maybe uh, I don't know. I I always think it's probably going to be like a stand-up comedian.
2: Yeah, comedians like they definitely have like death wish. Definitely, right? like, they're a masochistic people.
1: <laughs> they really are. Well, there was that guy Chris D'Elia who um, had some troubles uh, mm-hmm. recently, or who and caused the, some pro- problems. I should and say. the
2: masturbator, what's his name? Um, oh, Lucy, Lucy came. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah this is the kind of guy I kind of have in mind for the next for the third reveal I mean maybe it's double points for the TikTok comedians to get a comedian you know oh yeah totally
2: that would like (laughs) you know really like skyrocket them oh so interesting
1: you're making me want to totally go back on TikTok like I removed the app from my phone because I was just on it too much
2: I mean, I don't think you even really need to go on TikTok to see TikToks. Okay. Like, I have it on my phone and I never go on it. Like, once I went on it by mistake and I was like, what is this? What's <laughs> happened to Instagram? Like, and, um, so yeah, I don't really use it at all, but like I see plenty of yeah. TikToks on Instagram and Twitter. So I feel like I keep up with the news. That's true. That's yeah. true.
1: They're sort of become more prevalent. Yeah, um, exactly. Okay. You don't
2: everyone like shares their stuff on like secondary yes. social media. So it doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to make a difference.
1: It's my saving grace. Thanks to everybody for like yeah. sharing the funny stuff outside of the platform because I just can't go back on there. Yeah, um, It's it's like it's just too addicting. But, um, but I was thinking like, what order do you want to speak about these two films? Um, what do you think would work best? I'm almost tempted to say, let's finish with, uh, Violation just because it's a bet. it's, I think it's an objectively better film. Yeah. Know? Same.
2: And I, that's the order I wrote the, um, yeah. synopsis in. So probably that was, the okay, let's thinking do it. Of okay. um, you want me to synopsize Promising Young Woman? Oh because yeah. Please. Anyone out there doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the last person to watch it. Um, <laughs> A formerly promising medical student, Cassie lives a life of mediocrity, living at her parents' house, working in a coffee shop and enjoying very few meaningful relationships. She spends her nights feigning drunkenness in clubs, allowing men to take um, her to their homes and revealing their sobriety when they try to take advantage of her. It's revealed that her apathy for life and obsession with sexual violence stems from the rape and later suicide of her best friend Nina Fisher. When a chance encounter with an old classmate leads to a new romance, Cassie is torn between moving on and exacting revenge on the people who wronged Nina. Mm,
1: yeah, I mean that's what I think is a, it's about, but it's unclear. No, it, yeah, it's unclear. <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay. So just in terms of um, anticipation, it's worth mentioning, like how because it it took a while for this film to reach UK audiences, so I feel yeah. like I was anticipating it for ages and ages it feels like it it was years (laughs) so weird
2: it it works against it especially because and i think this is important like um i read a really good article about it on another gaze this morning Mm. um and i will try and find the i'll try and put it in the in our episode description um but it said in that that the the feature is really rushed into production from a draft first script Mm -hmm. um partly because of like the me too the impact that me too was having and oh, they right. wanted to produce something like that. So I think it's and it's sort of like a shame that something that was rushed yeah. into production when it maybe could have spent more time in development was then delayed in release. Oh, and it's yeah. just like, oh, what a shame because if they'd known they could have spent more time in development, which I think would have helped this film.
1: Definitely. That's really in, that's a really good insight. I did not know that. Yeah. See, yeah that makes me think it is a shame as well, because if if they'd been able to predict a global pandemic and just like, you know, bided their time more in development, it could have been a much more kind of fully formed uh, film in the end. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but I have a feeling that because it was kind of released during the pandemic, no one could have sensibly measured its impact with audiences in, in like totally natural times. Yeah. So I almost wonder whether it just kind of grew this hype in this bubble of people being unable to go and kind of vote with their with their tickets kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I wonder, I, I don't know, I just had these the, a feeling that it was a movie that was hyped up that, I I mean, I, I'm just going to say out the gate, I did not like this film. Um, yeah, <laughs>
2: me too. <laughs> and I, it's a shame. I, like, I also, I was so aware of, you know, that there's been a lot of incredibly positive re- response to this and also incredibly negative. And yeah. so I really did try and go into it with an open mind. Like, I didn't want to. I, mm. I didn't want to not like it. I want to like film. I want to like all films. Yeah. Um. And I also know that like it's, you know, to a certain extent, it's unfair for, to even respond to films when you can't see them in the cinema, because I do like very yeah. firmly believe that the cinema is part of the viewing experience and the films are all diminished by at least like 10% Definitely. of, you know, quality when you don't see them in the cinema. But yeah, I'm, I think it was not, I don't think it's a successful film. Um. No. I think there are like, I think that it, Maybe, I think, you know what? It could have been promising. <laughs> um, maybe in this like early stages, if it had had a bit more thought sort of put into exactly what it was trying to say. Yeah. Um, and like, maybe if it had just been allowed to go into an unexpected direction, I think potentially like there's a lot of pressure, maybe not just from its director, maybe from the studio on like what the message of this film is. Sure. And like, i maybe, and I, I sort of, there's certain parts of this film that I think You know what, there's like maybe an interesting story underneath all this, like Mm -hmm. that could have been fleshed out more, but it hasn't. But no, I really want to hear your, I want to hear your takedown of this film because I'm
1: looking forward to it. So, I mean, first things first, I should, I have to say like, I, I am really into like revenge films, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, not just rape revenge, like all revenge films are a sacred to me. Like I, I love seeing people get their comeuppance. Yeah. And so I'm going into it with that kind of expectation and the, hoping to get that thrill of identifying with the main character and seeing that person kind of like avenge their grievances. Um, I mean, I, lately, the, the, the kind of I'm thinking of like recent re- rape revenge films that I've really loved uh, I think the the one that really stood out to me recently was um, you know Coralie Fargea's film? Yeah, Revenge? I love that film. I like that. love that film. Like it is so that that film is really masterful. Um and it's it's so beautifully made and like shocking. Mm-hmm. Um so maybe I maybe it's unfair that I in a way I was coming in with expectations. I was hoping I was gonna have this a similar kind of like a, exhilarating response to Promising Young Woman. But um actually I just was really disappointed when I saw that really her revenge in setting up potential rapists um, was just to, to, to startle them by yeah. announced that <laughs> by announcing that in fact she was sober and, and then proceed to kind of go into this like chastising kind of set piece or like admonishing their behavior you know what I, I i felt like it was the kind of um revenge that like you know like these communities online where th- there's these guys who are like a- they say they're anti-feminist yeah and they, they call themselves like you know men going their own way or whatever it is i don't know fathers for justice i don't know what they're called necessarily yeah but lawrence they, fox lawrence <laughs> fox yeah exactly. those guys those guys their biggest complaint is that, you know, they don't want to hear women whinging on, you know, yes. that women talk too much and that like, um, I don't, I don't want to hear women like bitching and moaning all the time. And it's like very uh, degrading language used against women being nags, you mm. know, and annoying. Um, and I just felt like this kind of just played into that fantasy of women just being like annoying and like droning on. I hate to say it but I just I just don't think that <laughs> lecturing a guy about like moral values is an apt revenge it's
2: not and it's like demonstrated not to be because the the guy in the trilby at the end is like i've heard about you like we're all talking about you fucking bitch like we hear about you you crazy like you know this crazy thing that you're doing so it's clearly not having an effect like because they're all just being like this crazy girl is doing this weird thing and not like it doesn't make them reflect on their own behavior whatsoever no um yeah like i definitely had i wanted more like I want more dick slicing in, yes. a, in a rape revenge <laughs> film, and I, I I totally agree with you. Like I think that it really, it really like I was really kind of mm. I didn't you know I don't I know that there's a lot of complaints about like you know Kill Bill or Death Proof or mm-hmm. films like that. You know like I and I spoke to my flat spoke to my flatmate and said, did you enjoy Promising Woman? And she said I liked seeing a rape revenge film. Mm -hmm. From the point of view of a woman, and not, for example, Quentin Tarantino, Mm -hmm. and I just thought, like, that's Mm -hmm. a very low bar set by Mm -hmm. set, like that you would enjoy a film just because it's directed by a woman. Like, what is? Do you not also expect cinema? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, like, are we so are we so rubbish at it that like we get points just for directing films now? (laughs) Like, right? I don't want the sympathy vote. Yeah. I don't, I didn't. You know. I didn't. I know, I know. Like people. People enjoy different films. Like you know, a lot sure. of people find Tarantino totally obnoxious. I don't. I I enjoy his brand of revenge. Like it makes me, me feel. It makes me feel satisfied. Yeah. Um, and there were moments in the film when I felt satisfied, but there were. It was only moments where she was totally unreasonable. And I think like when she yeah. like gets out of her car and smashes up that guy's car with a crowbar just because <laughs> like he's you know just because he was rude to her. Yeah. I loved that. Mm-hmm. That like was the only time in the film where I felt like I felt like happy or or not even happy. Just I felt satisfied so, with the revenge yeah. because I think it is totally unreasonable that we live in a society where like, mm. you know, most women will experience some form of sexual assault. Like half of us will be raped and then yeah. we just live with it and everyone mm-hmm. just lives with it. Like it's totally unreasonable. So mm. why can't we be unreasonable back? You know, yeah. like like it's. I've I've someone described this film as like a you know this expression of female rage. Like it's not female really? rage. It's no. just like female apathy. And yes. the, her depression infected the whole film. And I, and wow, you know, and it didn't, and like I just and <laughs> like so you have this kind of this girl that's like very very kind of disassociated with life. Mm. And so maybe I thought maybe that is going to be it that she is totally. You know, that she's totally checked out and she just wants to do this. It kind of reminded me of um, mm. um a little bit of like, you know, Tippi um living with lions. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, because uh, she obviously had this awful experience with Hitchcock where yeah. he kind of like stalked her and made her feel like very, very unsafe. And then she gets mm. these like predators in her home. And I thought that maybe like that was a kind of comment on what she was doing, because she is like putting herself in this dangerous situation, like going home with these men that aren't like intending to rape her. Mm-hmm. So I thought that maybe that was a comment on that. Like if you're that sometimes if you like go through trauma, then you put yourself in a dangerous situation mm-hmm. just to feel something a little bit. The idea that she would meet a man who is so exactly like the men who raped her, her friend mm. and form a relationship with him. I know when he like has when I don't know if the film thinks we're stupid or like <laughs> if the film thinks that we wouldn't like that we would be too shocked if he started out as nice and ended up as horrible. But he was horrible from the get go. Like, course. you know, she said she spat in his coffee, gave him a fake number and then he came back to yeah. ask like to, to hassle her. Yeah. And we're supposed to think that a woman that is so cynical about men is fall for that would fall for that which is <laughs> no. it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's I mean it, you're right. Like just at that very basic conceptual level it's totally in- inconsistent.
2: Yeah. It is and like I don't and I you know I also thought maybe it was you know, like in Joker, you know mm. the the world that he inhabits is like so hostile, and you wonder if it's because he's he has depression or you know because sure. he has mental illness. So he's mm. so you're maybe seeing it through his eyes. Mm. So maybe like that's why all the men are, like everyone, all of her interactions are just so awful because mm. she just feels so depressed. But
1: then if that was the case, like why wouldn't she think this guy was awful too? Exactly. Why does he get like a free pass from that dominating worldview? I don't get because it. Because it. What it's it's in, in the done, script. What he told- because it's in the script there is no other reason. Yeah. Like that seems to be
2: why like she had like she had to fall in love with him because it was in the script.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, I felt I thought that was completely disjointed as well because yeah. he was already like the the writing was on the wall as you say like right from the start. Yeah. And and I just find that so like I don't know a little bit moronic that his little dance routine in the pharmacy, and like other like oh cringe, God, I cringe moments. Like that was that's supposed to be like endearing, or is it intertextual? Because we know that Bo Burnham is like, you know, like a respected person in the film industry, and he made that movie Eighth Grade. And are we supposed to bring that association oh, in? With I didn't him?
2: know that. Is
1: that who that was? Yeah. I oh,
2: I think there is like yeah, there's definitely. There, it, that has been reported that she, like, you know, chose these men that are thought of as, like, nice guys. Right. Um, but, like, the way it's been reported, it's, like, it's as if it's some kind of, like, masterstroke of, like, <laughs> creative not. genius. It's like, okay, it's a slightly interesting decision. But it's not. And, I all of. I didn't also. Like, why. Mm. I could also see, like, they were trying to do something with, like, all of the music being by women. And Mm -hmm. so, like, he, like, dances to Paris Hilton and, like, it's, like, oh, my God, this guy, like, doesn't look down on Paris Hilton the way (laughs) most men do. Like, what a hero. It's, like, I found that insulting. Like, yeah, yeah, everyone likes Paris Hilton. Like, it's been pretty much that, you know, it's pretty much accepted now.
1: Yeah. That if you say something rude about
2: Paris Hilton that you're a misogynist. Like,
1: hell yeah. You know, so yeah it's not a radical position
2: (laughs) yeah it's just that whole scene was so strange everything about it was so
1: strange yeah it really was and there were so many moments that like okay so she's living with her parents and you can see that she's very disdainful of them yeah like she's very she's very like sort of ungrateful about the fact that she has a place to stay even though like Presumably she can't afford to live anywhere else because she may be on a low wage working in a coffee shop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just felt like that's like a that's that's like a Cassie problem, not a her parents problem. Like, you know. Yeah. I, and I just I, I couldn't get over that. Like that annoyed me um, because I feel like, you know, so what if she's living with her parents? Like, why is that made up made out to be like this? terrible tragedy i thought to me i felt like the whole thing hinged more on her own um internalized beliefs about where she should be at in life yes and that she was so stunted you know in her within her own narrative let's say okay she was so stunted that she took it upon herself to take on this project of like teaching all these men a a lesson they soon shan't forget um that this project, which had like heroic properties in her own mind, actually was just there to kind of compensate for the fact that maybe she'd made some bad life choices of her uh, uh, for herself and she she wasn't being honest with herself. So she'd completely identified with the plight of her friend, Nina. Yeah. And like, I mean, yeah, th- th- it doesn't take away anything from the horror Experienced by Nina. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to reduce that or like trivialize it that she was raped. Of course. It was it's, it's horrible. It's horrific. To me, the, the the fact that the whole movie hinged on Cassie taking on another person's trauma and letting that fuel her. I don't know. It struck me a little bit as a little bit like white knighty, like yeah. swooping in and like trying to like avenge someone else's trauma who's actually not even presented at all in the film to speak for herself. Like it's implied that Nina died. It is yes, implied. It's
2: implied that I mean, I assume that Nina killed herself, but I don't know if it's said any anywhere in the film. No, it's not
1: said anywhere. So, so, so presumably, she's just maybe maybe she stopped being friends with Nina. Maybe, maybe she did. Like, I maybe actually, she moved to another state. Yeah, maybe
2: Nina's getting on with her life. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: potentially, yeah.
2: because it also implies. I think there is like an implication that if you're raped, you can't. You're not allowed to get on with your life. Yeah, and I, I know like that, that sounds like a that sounds like a not very nice thing to say, but I. I don't, I don't think that's true for a woman. Like, no way. It doesn't affect everyone in the same way. I'm not saying that it doesn't affect people. Of course. But like, I think there is this cinematic thing where like, if women are raped in a film, they're required to have it ruin their lives. Yeah. Um. And like the lives of people around, like it's, you know, and she says at the end, like the guy says, it's the guy who did it says, it's every guy's worst nightmare to be uh, oh, yeah. accused like that. And she says, what do you think every woman's worst nightmare is? And yeah. it's like, well, I don't know. That seems like a pretty general question. Like It is. I don't think it's the same for every woman. No. I don't think every rape is the same. And I don't think...
1: I don't know what you're saying. And also, women are not a monolith. We don't all have the... We don't share the exact same fear. Exactly. We all have various degrees of fears you know that maybe to you could be completely trivial but to me it's like life-shattering you know yeah and so just to kind of have that as the 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 grounding thesis of the film that as you say that that is literally a woman's worst fear and that all rapes are the same and that it it kind of like gives it it, it paints women as a kind of like a cartoon character that have no subjectivity no kind of complexity no also no kind of like internal conflict how women feel about their own traumas it takes away all of that kind of those things that empower people and reduces it to a slogan it's almost like it's it's, she sounded a bit like a kind of politician standing to get elected on like a meme or something yeah (laughs) I don't know like I just it felt like a bit childish to me it is and considering like
2: I just think like the the way that you're totally right about her and her kind of personality issues because Mm -hmm. you know the way that these men are presented as like as these sort of like empty like men with like intellectual pretensions like the guy that's talking about his book it's like that's the same thing like she's monologuing about like her (laughs) issue as well and you know and like I don't know I think and I think it's it's I think that's where you maybe want to do a few drafts of a script before it goes into <laughs> development. Because, And I say that as if I've ever written a script. But yeah, I think yeah. like it's so obvious that there is another story emerging here. And it's a story about
1: like a girl that's identified too closely with someone else. Exactly. Oh, my God, Sarah. I literally had it down in my notes. identified oh really? too much with her friend. Yeah. I Am was I... actually thinking this could be a perfect film if we ever bring back like mental illness on film this would be perfect for borderline yeah
2: it is it is perfect for borderline that is exactly what I was thinking because you're totally and I think that 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 idea of like Nina maybe like living her best life in New York or something like that's actually would have been an amazing <laughs> ending to this film because yeah because like all like you know I think I definitely, that is the bit that really captured me because, you know, like, you know, two years ago that I had a lot of, like, guilt about a friend who killed herself. Yeah. And I found that very difficult to get over and yeah. um, was a little bit unbearable for a couple of months. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it made me very angry and with everyone else mm-hmm. for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it re- this film, the bits where... There were sort of moments where it was almost like Nina was like, to Cassie, it's almost like Nina was like a, almost like a bullying presence
0: of like, you're not
2: allowed to get on with this until you've done this. Did you ever, when I was a kid, Mm. like the, the big children's author when I was a kid was Jacqueline Wilson. Oh, no, um no, no, no. uh she was like just it's like a british children's writer but she writes like a lot of kind of young adult books and mm-hmm. she wrote read wrote one like i used to kind of have a love hate relationship with them because they were always quite horrible like but they would like get you through like quite like like really horrible things like bullying and anorexia and stuff like that but mm-hmm. in like so i used to be almost a bit frightened to read them but there was one called vicky angel and it's about mm-hmm. a girl who was like kind of quite a quiet presence next to like a more confident best friend and the best friend dies like unexpectedly they're like 12 years old and the best friend like gets ill and dies like very suddenly or gets hit by a no they're having an argument about the the best friend's like control over the quieter one and the and the like the popular you know beautiful controlling one gets hit by a car and then for the rest of the book Mm. she like the best friend stays with the friend in the form of like an angel it's okay. called so so like it's like a ghost kind of and ah. like refuses and like is there because you know she's like you can't be by yourself you don't have any other friends but is like also this kind of very controlling presence and won't allow ah. her to move on and it's so it's very much that like so it just really reminded me of this film yeah. like because there's a bit where she says you know i loved medical school and I didn't want to leave so it's like well why did you leave like it wasn't this wasn't your this wasn't like an assault that happened to you
1: yeah this was not your path yes over identified with someone else's trauma that yeah was legitimate but you've now co-opted that that trauma for yourself and carrying out revenge in the name of that co-option Mm. And using it as an excuse not to live your life. I mean, the 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 best revenge is a is a is a life well lived. Actually, you should have just stayed in med yeah. school, finished your degree, and practiced medicine. And you know, to hell with everybody else.
2: Yeah, exactly. But I think yeah. So I think that's. I think that would have been a more interesting film if the film was about that. Like, I would totally watch a film about a girl who like who has done those things and who can't you know who's I. I think that it doesn't make it a bad film that she made all those choices, but it mm-hmm. would just be nice if the film was honest about those choices. Exactly. And the film exactly. didn't, it wasn't pretending to be like a manifesto about rape <laughs> when like nothing, I don't personally feel, and other people may feel differently, but I don't personally feel that it's very reflective of rape in the real world. Like, no, you know, and I know like it's very much based on real things. Like, you know, there it's yeah. very much based on like real like campus assaults and like a bit like i feel like there was something with the brett Kavanaugh thing which was to Mm -hmm. do with like laughing Mm
1: -hmm, like a lot of mm -hmm. you know so i
2: think a lot of like you know like women who are assaulted in that way like there is also that like that horrible you know group like um sort of assault like it's about like humiliation and that's so i thought like i could see that that it all came from a real place yeah but just that you know these men are not real like the way that they're portrayed is is just like kind of cartoonish and grotesque and yeah and like and I think it would be much more interesting if all of that stuff was kind of stripped away or at least made clear that it was like her way of looking at things because she's not allowed to look at life as like a complex thing she's only allowed to look at it as like a dark yes. you know the world for women and then you know and then like it would The ending, which I I think, which I think maybe we should spoil or we shouldn't. I'm not sure.
1: Let's spoil it. (laughs)
2: Let's spoil it. But the ending, where I mean, which is very unlikely, where she like sets herself (laughs) up to be murdered by this guy, or like maybe she like suspects she's going to be murdered by this guy and she sets up stuff just in case. I'm not Mm -hmm. really not very clear, but like. Yeah, that would totally make sense because it does seem like if she dies living in her parents' house and she doesn't want to take on financial responsibilities, that she is preparing to commit suicide. Yeah. Like, this whole time, that that is, you know, that is what people do. Like, they don't want to leave bills unpaid. They don't, you know, so, like, she would just, like, live in a place where she can, you know, it takes the least amount of clearing up after her. Mm -hmm. So, that makes sense. But, um, yeah, I just, like, the idea that some kind of heroic thing to do to like allow yeah. yourself to be murdered so that like two douchebags will go to prison right and, and the and the relying on the police relying that, like, on the police and and like but the fact that <laughs> the way that you died has nothing to do with rape yeah exactly like, no one still no one's going to remember that your friend this happened to your friend no one's going to no. know that that's what it was it's just a small it's just like this weird sacrifice that doesn't
1: have any symbolism oh my god yeah i know it's just i can't help but can go back to what you said about the ghost of the of the kind of disappeared friend whether they're dead or just moved out of town or whatever um it kind of actually reminds me of william wilson you know like it does kind of fit with in our series currently with the double where it's just this pathologized doubling of identifying with this person who maybe you admired and something terrible happened, but it's just a convenient scapegoat for, uh, I don't know, readdressing kind of your attention all on this person and focusing all on the pedestal you've put them on instead of just kind of like maybe internally questioning and wondering what is your desire in life and what what, what do you want to do? It's so convenient just mm. to double, double up, you know, <laughs> just have this other person that becomes your guiding principle in life. Now, whether they've consented to that or not, that's kind of unrevealed. The narrative of the movie is so abstract about in terms of the friendship. And there's so much focus on this other girl. Mm-hmm. I just haven't seen enough people outside of our discussion here really address that. And it's But it's so glaring. It's there throughout the whole film. Yeah, I mean, it's also interesting that her name is Cassie, which of course is short for Cassandra, and that was the character in Greek mythology. Cassandra, you know, she was always the one warning all the other characters that a terrible tragedy would take place, Yeah, but everyone always ignored her, so they didn't listen to her, but then Cassandra was always proven right. Mm -hmm. That was like her destiny, to always be proven right, but then the tragedy had already occurred. So... This movie seems to be like placing itself in that kind of like position, a philosophical position that Cassie is telling the truth. you know she she's trying to warn society about the dangers that men are posing. but I just I feel very dubious um with any character that is self-perceiving as a Cassandra. Because that, you know, that to me, it's it's one thing to be like proven right afterwards. And it's like, everyone says we should have listened to you. But if you're coming from the position where you can't see your own subjectivity, you can't see your own uh, darker impulses, your own kind of like traumatized interpersonal relationships. And you always come from the position of I'm telling the truth. um, I'm unfallible or infallible. That that sends warning signs to me at a philosophical level. Yeah, it, it, it shows someone who's not really done any soul searching of themselves. You know,
2: and even even like even if it was more straightforward that she was just killing men, like or yeah. maiming them, or you know, I would have preferred that. Like, yeah, for sure. It's like at least that's someone who's like you know who's just sort of committed to their. They're taking like, action. They're taking action. <laughs> But she's, I mean, the other thing I thought was that this movie unwittingly, like, kind of symbolizes the mm. problem with, like, the woke left. <laughs> like, yes. A little yes. bit like what you said, like, this naggingness, mm. this, like, this belief that they will be proven right. Yeah. And then also this belief that other people are stupid. Yeah. Like, when, like, all of the other women, like, the woman that's getting married to the guy at the end, or the, or oh, Alison yeah. Bree, who, you know, can't, apparently can't seem to, like, can't seem to have any empathy like Mm. you know so it's just like the film treats it as if like the film treats it the way that like the woke left treats like the rest of the UK like kind of you know like like, this like London centric idea of like well you're all stupid and racist and ignorant (laughs) like and you just you know and you just need like us to take charge you know yeah and it's not like so that was kind of yeah like maybe accidentally that as well
1: yeah. I mean I'm a you know, I think it's 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 safe to say we are both people of the left. Yeah. But we are capable of critiquing what the left does wrong. Yeah. And I'm I'm wholly on board with what you said. I mean, I feel I'm already like a convert to to, to you know to to leftist policies. I don't need to I don't need to be like talked into it. But I'm thinking about all the people who are not persuaded. Yeah, it doesn't make who, a single bit of difference to them it doesn't the, yeah this practice of like nagging and talking people down does not work it, mm. it it simply doesn't like bring anybody over to our side you know and um it, if, if anything it just puts drives wedges between people and who wins uh you know the banks yeah. <laughs> you know and like and 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 the military industrial complex you know actual uh organizations and uh elitist groups who materially benefit from people you know working class people or people living in society um you know banking on us not getting along and i just feel like yeah i I couldn't agree more i don't like the i don't like the the naggy the nagging element of this film i actually um (laughs) So I read this uh, article, which I'll forward to you afterwards, and maybe I'll post on social media as well, because I thought it was really good. Um, Somebody said Promising Young Woman is not a rape, revenge, or exploitation movie, but an after school special with a very expensive cast and crew.
2: Whoa, that is really good. Got goosebumps there. That's really amazing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I do think, had it been, like, just tweaked a little bit, it could have been a really nice, like, self-imposed penance movie. Yeah. Because oh that wow. is what she's doing. Like, I, but I thought the same, there was, I don't see any revenge happening. No. Um, even at the end. I don't, I don't see that as revenge. So, no. I don't That's know That's a why. cop out. Yeah. it's. I don't know why it's called a rape revenge movie, because, like,
1: yeah, you, because you don't see a rape or a revenge. So... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah promising concept but I yeah. fell flat fell flat yeah fell flat. and it's yeah. like it's
2: and it's as I said like there are interesting things in there and if they have been fleshed out and I and I would give emerald fennel emerald fennel mm-hmm. feral mm-hmm. fennel fennel uh, like fennel tea yeah okay um and fennel <laughs> the benefit of the doubt and say that maybe like studio pressure made yeah. the film go a certain way um, and maybe took it out of her hands somewhat, but yeah. maybe not. Like as we know about um, as we know about her, she you know, I I don't want to make like stereotype, mm. but she went to Marlborough College, yep. went to Oxford. She's very much part of like the British establishment, absolutely. So perhaps she has like a vested interest in a certain not very fleshed out form of feminism.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I I I agree. I think it is part of a tradition of fiscally privileged people co-opting the struggle of like everyday people you know um to elevate their own power base and I hate to say it but I think that's what's happened here as well yeah
2: I mean not to say that like you know rape doesn't happen to no no of
1: course Um, of course
2: but yeah like I think and I think that was something that was maybe I felt was quite honest about this film that it didn't Mm -hmm. that it very much was about like um it very much was about like um of you know it was about rich people and like the it da- like weighing up the damage that's done to like it, you know whether we should ruin like a rich young woman's life or a rich young man's life and choosing yeah. you know the rich young woman's life and I thought there was something interesting in there
1: yeah that's um, true
2: but yeah oh it's such a shame such a shame
1: because it's a shame it could
2: have been interesting but it was just I think it was just a mess um, yeah. And I
1: think there's, if there's one thing that kind of in comparing uh, Promising Young Woman to the next film, we're going to look at violation mm-hmm. um, that really captures where they both failed and succeeded. It's the question of uh, bone disposal.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Because <laughs> then, you know, like when, when Cassie's body is burned, um, where what what where, where where are the bones? Like what happened? They just disappeared.
2: <laughs> well, like you kind of see like at the end that like, her fingernails are still there.
1: Like her fingernails are there and her her necklace is there, like yeah. her half-heart. But like the idea that all of her bones burned to a crisp Yeah, it's very um, strange. <laughs> and it's fitting. It's fitting and for for a movie that didn't maybe spend enough time reflecting on the things that it's rep- representing, whereas in violation. It's it's stark opposite. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to synopsize. Married couple
2: Miriam and Caleb take a trip to visit Miriam's sister Greta and her husband Dylan. With signs that her relationship with Caleb is falling apart, Miriam also experiences tension with both Greta and Dylan over their differing perceptions of the sister's relationship. Mm. When a flirtation between Miriam and Dylan leads to a rape, events take a turn for the worse.
1: Okay, perfect. And this was written and directed by uh, Dusty man man Mancinelli and Madeline Sims Feuer.
2: Yes, who is also in it?
1: Who's also in it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, fantastic. So quite like interesting um, that they both wrote and directed it together, and yeah. one stars in it. That's cool. And
2: she seems to have a history of making films about rape. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Like her short films, I just like had a very brief look. I didn't watch any, but her uh-huh. short films seem to revolve around like sexual abuse. Sure. So she's got a she seems to have like a a interest in this subject sure i like i have to say i enjoyed violation a lot i find it hard to concentrate watching a film on my laptop these days yeah but i didn't find it hard to concentrate with violation at all i really was i was very um immersed yeah yeah Yeah.
1: i did think it was an objectively better film than promising young woman i still found it i didn't care much for it but i think there's i think genuinely it's just because i was a bit bored by the whole sequence with like the body oh, i found that i was I quite a bit bored i enjoyed the sequence with the body see i was i knew there was something like coming up so maybe yeah, i had built, built it up my- in my mind as something different to what it actually was but I, anyway, I oh, just I was a bit bored. I, I had no idea there was anything coming up. Like ah. when I, because
2: I didn't read anything about the film, I didn't see it. So I, I kind ah. of, and I like maybe saw like a small trailer on Instagram or something. Yeah, like, like very very small clip. So I expected it to be a, like a sort of, um, a kind of always shine. Like, oh,
1: so something okay. like I expected
2: it to be people shouting at each other or like yeah. people. <laughs> You know, oh. I didn't expect there to be so we are gonna spoil this as well. So Yeah. Or like but,
1: Queen of Earth.
2: Or Queen of Earth, yeah. I expected it to be much more talky and much uh, less action. So I was very surprised when um when she just like kills him and then like <laughs> and then disposes of his body in just such a resourceful methodical way. methodical yeah, very I resourceful. I thought yeah. it was very good. I I read a book called Out um by a Japanese author. Mm. Um and it was like so disgusting because it was about these like this group of women that work in a factory, and one of them kills her husband, and the others dispose of the body and it's yes. just like it's just like pages and pages and pages of them like cutting up this body in the shower and like what they do oh with my it, God. and I was just like, oh was fucking bleak <laughs> so <laughs> like but um but yeah like i i kind of was I was impressed like okay. I was just like, wow, like." This is this is someone who's very committed to the concept of revenge. Yes. And not just revenge but like I don't think it even like I think revenge is such a slippery thing like I think that it wasn't that she wanted you know my my dad mm. has a friend who um is a forensic psychologist and yeah. he once had a you know was in prison talking to a guy who um killed his wife and tried to flush her head down the toilet. <gasps> oh my um, god Just' just like come on um like um and he said he was just like it just seems very clear that the guy wasn't it wasn't like the murder it was the getting rid of her that yeah. was so key and i think it's mm-hmm. the same here i don't think it's i don't necessarily. i think it was maybe mm. an out like um having just said that like i didn't think the revenge was dramatic enough in promising young women mm. like it does seem to come out of nowhere in this film a little bit. Like it's feels mm. um, obviously the film is like um, the film is edited. So it's out of sequence. Yeah. So when she does murder him, you're like, Oh, okay. This seems a bit like out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. But mm. like,
2: I think that it is about, I don't think it's so much about revenge. I think it's just of her wanting to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you know, she feels that he's, she already wanted to get rid of him when yes. she like said to her, to her sister, You know, she doesn't think he's good for her sister, even before the rape happens. That's right. So I think she's just, and she's like clearly, you know, all these stories from her childhood about the way that she very dramatically responds to any threat yeah, um, and like shuts things down. And and so she, you know, she just is not, she's like, she's sort of thrown as this person who's vengeful, but I don't think it's vengefulness so so much as just wanting to Mm. get rid of things that you can't deal with.
1: Almost like, kind of just try and remove all trace of something. Yeah,
2: which she does expertly. Yeah, she does. Like, I was so <laughs> impressed with the way she, like, I loved oh. it when she got all those, like, little, like, all those little, like, bottles and then she oh, got all of the, she put all of the blood into, like, a cooler and then she, like, tapped the cooler and, like, put this yeah. blood very neatly into these bottles. Like, it was amazing. Like, it there's was just, really
1: thought out. There is just no trace of him. There's no trace. Wow, that is true. Yeah. Actually, now that you say it like that, I can see more value in this film because I hadn't thought of it that way. I thought I was just reading it as pure, like, revenge within the revenge discourse. But I think, again,
2: both with Emerald Fennel and with this director, I think maybe their hmm. interest in the subject may be like masking from them what else they're talking about. Yeah. You know because I think again this film is maybe about something else. You think I think they both think they're making quite straightforward yeah. films about rape but they're not.
1: As anyone who's sort of psychoanalytically minded as we are, we would probably always suspect that what we see on the surface is really a stand-in for something else, like mm. something latent or unconscious that is like otherwise inexpressible. Um, yeah. you know, and so it has to then try and fight it's way to representation and expression in in this type of narrative and i again in this film i feel like the relationship between the two sisters is really strong yeah the kind of like dual nature of the of of the, of two women responding to each other reacting to each other having to coexist etc it's so much more interesting because both sides are represented. Yeah. I really like what you said about the need for this guy to disappear. Yeah. And what how that ties in or plays out in her relationship with her sister? It's
2: hard to know because that you can't really figure out I like on the first watch I wasn't mm. sure what time frame this was all happening in. So yeah. sometimes so it kind of goes back to um the periods before the rape or after the rape and before Mm. the murder so it is a little bit difficult to know but yeah yeah Yeah. there's there's definitely you know you have this like very what seemingly like happy relationship at first Mm. and the way like it's interesting because they tell these stories and they're both laughing about these stories about Miriam kind of coming to Greta's defense um with like violent reaper you know violent responses to like perceived um threats so like you know jumping on their like mother and saying I'm gonna rip off your head and shit down your neck like oh my god um, and it's not and like um and then you know and they're both laughing and you know saying like oh and and it's Greta seems to think that that's fine and nice but then later when they have a conversation she says like you, you know you don't do this for me, you do this for yourself like yeah. I, you you know when so- and so called me a slut or whatever it was and you did this thing to him and his mother his parents wouldn't talk to me it was so embarrassing for me and I asked you not to do it and you did it anyway. So it seems mm-hmm. like what they are what she's pretending to have to feel in the beginning is not really what she feels. So there's yeah. it's like established there is this thing where you know like Miriam takes it upon herself to dole out revenge. Yeah, and it's not, and it again, like she's she's over identified with, like, and doesn't realize that it's not like it's not her thing to avenge, and yeah. perhaps it's not even worthy of revenge.
1: Wow. So it's
2: actually quite similar in a way to promising it's young Very... woman, but it's just more about that than it is than promising young woman is.
1: Yeah, but actually, in this case, obviously, with like Cassie and her. Um, I suppose, pathological doubling with Nina where it kind of really follows that classic kind of um, Edgar Allan Poe idea of William Wilson, you know, being followed by your double and then harming who you thought was the other person but you have really just harmed yourself the whole yeah. time, like you've, you know, how utterly that has murdered yourself, you know, this kind of thing. Whereas here in, in violation um, it's it, it is it is different because it's like, um, yes, there is still that doubling up going on and there's a, an attempt for one sister to like identify with the other by maybe taking on um, a dimension of her romantic life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the time and energy invested in removing all trace of, of this guy um, who has been like shown to have done harm um, tells me that it's not so much, as you say, it's not really re- revenge in the classical sense. It's more like an extreme fantasy sequence that's only taking place in her mind. Mm-hmm. But it's it's an, it's attempting to deny the existence of this guy as a problem in their family, what he represents. And by doing that, she hopes to maybe get closer to the sister. Because remember in the final scene where people are like, what are they eating? That thing? um, they're eating ice cream. They're eating ice cream, right? But it's like <laughs> it's so gross. I don't even want to think about it. Are they not just ingesting the dead guy? Um in what way? Well, because don't you remember when she um kept some of the powdered remains of the bones? And she <gasps> kept-
2: Oh! I just, I did not, because it is out of sequence. So I I totally forgot about that because I was, because as I said, I didn't know anything about the film at all. So when she did that, because she, yeah, she does say, I'll make the ice cream. Yeah. So she's already, so she's already murdered him at that point where they have the argument. Yes. Oh my God. It's so complicated. I need to watch it again. (laughs) Because I thought that was like what (laughs) led her on to murder him, having that argument on being rejected. No, Um, he was already dead. Right. OK, so because like, I remember seeing her take out a jar, put something in the ice cream. But yeah. because I hadn't seen the murder yet, yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, is she going to like drug them? And like, <laughs> is, is it going to be like climax, like where everyone on this party? Oh, is, God. Like, LSD. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're totally right. They are. Yeah. Um, that is so interesting.
1: So it's like it's almost as if it's suggesting that even though she went to all this trouble to remove this guy from the picture you know from the family picture in the end she can't help that she still has that impulse to like incorporate him I mean literally yeah. you know like with the, his remains being sprinkled in the ice cream oh, um, it's so interesting I ha- I, it took me a while to even articulate that because I find that so gross like the idea the idea of like eating it like oh god it's just so disgusting but but in the end what that signifies to me is that that is the return of the repressed you know however much you tried to like absolutely eradicate this guy from the whole kind of like i don't know maybe quite idyllic picture that they were building uh in this beautiful place in the end he comes back with a vengeance now he's in he, he it's another type of invasion isn't it invading their bodies but in a different way you that's
2: know so interesting like i yeah. have i totally missed that but um that's really interesting like it's even more of an interesting film than i thought I'm, I'm, yeah I, I'm, I'm really all for this film
1: actually yeah the more i think about it the more i'm becoming like a proponent of this film <laughs> i think the only thing that put me off is that I think that maybe this is because I wash it on my laptop because it was shutter. Um, I kept like zoning in and out and the whole uh, with the whole body sequence. And I found that it, to me, it felt boring. Mm-hmm. So maybe I just negatively judged it based, just based on the fact that I kept like wanting to check Instagram or other things on my, <laughs> on my, on my lap, you know, on my laptop. But the, the more we're talking about it, the more I'm thinking, no, this is, this is a different beast than I thought. Actually, it's quite, it has more layers to it doesn't it
2: yeah I want to watch it again like I really yeah I, I only to watch watched it, it this morning but I want to watch it again because I really enjoyed it and it I some often like really yeah. often my enjoyment of a film will come first which is yeah. I guess is normal and then yeah but it's that it like sometimes that is a signal that there's more there than I think it is yeah there is and like that, there's something kind of like quite cohesive and like well judged in the subtext going on the fact that Mm -hmm. I can just like enjoy it without like trying very much
0: yeah um
2: whereas often like if I have to think a lot then I think a film is less successful um so yeah I just on the surface really enjoyed it I also just thought Mm -hmm. like I've really I I don't know I think the acting was amazing and I really thought that the scene where he goes to you know goes to see her in the cabin thinking that they're going to have an affair oh my god was just like um i just gripping like yeah. i couldn't take my eyes off it they were so good and he was like i don't know if he was using like a prosthetic or if he was just like doing the acting uh, the penis acting <laughs> um <laughs> but like
1: the i was penis acting, the penis I, acting
2: I was like oh my god look at that penis act <laughs> I know (laughs) Um, but I was you know it was very like I really because and because it's out of sequence you know you find you see this before you see the rape so yeah you think that it's you know you think that something's really happening um I just thought it was amazing like really sexy and and intense like that's true um so yeah like I think there's just so much so much interesting stuff going on and like the you know the the that kind of I presume that the sister skins the rabbit before she disposes of the body because yeah. Oh yeah, of course, because the husband's in that scene, yeah, so that's another like you know thing of over identification that's you know the sister yeah. says like I wanted to know that I could do this, like I wanted to know oh, that I can like yeah. skin and like kill and skin an animal myself, uh-huh. it makes me feel more independent, mm-hmm. which is like clearly a problem because the teststy sister, <laughs> sister won't let her feel independent and yeah and she just goes off and does the exact same thing but with like a much bigger kill. oh my
1: god that's true yeah that is absolutely true it's just a repetition of the something that had been discussed as being like a desirable thing yeah wow
2: definitely like uh, I, th- oh I think every god. everything about it even like the way she killed him like in the beginning she's gonna yeah. suffocate him and then she kind of chickens out and then mm-hmm. she strangles him like that's oh. like
0: you know
2: i think in promising young women there's so many times where like <laughs> they want to kind of like oh they're like oh we're reversing the roles that like, we're reversing the norms you know they film uh, like those men dancing in slow motion in the opening scene <laughs> stuff like that but this really is reversing the norm like it's like near on impossible for a woman to be able to strangle a man yeah like it just doesn't happen it can't you you, yeah. you can't do it like but somehow this like magical feat is accomplished mm-hmm. in this film and it's so that is something that's so frightening about like you know male and female relationships that like if women want to kill men then they usually have to have a weapon of some kind yeah and if men want to kill women they can just do it right right here yeah with physical
1: physical force yeah. yeah they don't need a weapon <laughs>
2: exactly so I think it's really wow. interesting that that's how they showed him killing and maybe that does point to your theory about it being a fantasy Because I really don't think it could happen. Like a man that that size and a woman that size. No. No, she was very, she's a very slender,
1: small person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because I felt like even with her own partner, you know, like when she crawls into bed with him quite early in the morning Mm -hmm. and like she sort of straddles him and he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to.
0: It's like
1: she's kind of like, I mean, obviously not at all like doing anything violating in that sense compared to what happened to her. I just found that interesting, like the impulse to go through with the sexual act with him, even as he was saying no. Yeah. And that the fact that like that element existed alongside the kind of non-consensual ingestion of this of this dead guy, that there is this kind of like violation that she feels compelled to, compelled to replicate in two instances in the film.
2: That's true. And I think that's like a, actually a really realistic portrayal yeah. of like that's why I, I wanted her to be more unreasonable in promising a woman yeah. because something really unreasonable has been done to you without your permission yeah. and like I think it's totally normal that you would like engage in some in like some destructive behavior towards other people like it's not nice it's not like to be condoned exactly, but it's to be but it's understood. Proportion-
1: it's proportionate. It's
2: proportionate. And that's what I think that really reminds me of the Asia Argento thing. You know, when Asia yeah, Argento yeah. was like a very big voice in the Me Too movement because she'd been assaulted by Harvey Weinstein. And then it came mm-hmm. out that she'd like been on the opposite end of that kind of power imbalance with a young man. Yeah. And I'm, I was like, well, of course she has. Like yeah. that seems like you know it's very that's very sad and like that's awful for that young man. Yeah, and yeah. like definitely does, you know, definitely she deserves to be like investigated over that. That's not of course, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but the way that people were like, you know, it it takes away from you know the Me Too movement. It's sure, like, no, it doesn't. It adds to it. Like, it makes yeah. it it it's proof of anything that that's what that, that really did happen to her because a person that that had happened to <laughs> would of course. Like want to be in a dominating situation in the future where they can't be hurt so
1: yeah if anything it, it actually as you say renders more credibility to her original allegations because we know that this type of abuse can be like cyclical yeah you know and so when we're seeing her do the things that she said happened to her it is it is it lends support to your theory as you said it that it's, it's, it's a way of for the victim to feel empowered as, as tragic as it is, because obviously, the, you know, you're victimizing somebody else. But it just points to the root of the problem that, you know, this occurred and that she had been groomed and she had been violated in this way. And she feels then compelled to reclaim her power by repeating the trauma onto somebody else. Yeah. And so I feel like we're seeing that on display in, in violation in this film as well.
2: Yeah, that's actually, that's really good. That's, I, that's really interesting that you saw that. Yeah. I I totally missed it and I'm really glad that you pointed it out. <laughs> but yeah, that is what's I happening.
1: I mean, I only saw it because I, I just held like actual physical revulsion when I saw, like <laughs> when I made the connection of what that powder was. I'm like, oh my God, like yeah. I'm, I'm quite squeamish about things like that. I mean, I'm like if it makes you feel better, like when mm. things are
2: like really burned up, then they are quite pure, <laughs> so, <laughs> like you know it's quite... oh my god like me and my dad were at my grandmother's the other day we'd do gardening at our house on saturdays and yeah we were, we were sort of despairing over the earth because it's very clay clayish clay oh, yeah clay filled whatever mm-hmm. and um we're trying to figure out ways to like improve it like with manure compost blah, blah, blah. and mm-hmm. i and he was like well you can use the ashes of the bonfire but you'd have to burn a lot of stuff and I was right. like, why don't we become body disposal for the moth? And then we can treat the garden with the, and then, and then I, I guess the joke, and I was like, and then we can buy all the ashes we want. <laughs> like, <but> I... <laughs> and he didn't get it. And I was like, oh, I thought it was quite funny. Oh my God. I love the way
1: your mind works.
2: <laughs> um, but like, um, but yeah, I think uh, like ashes are quite good for things. Like if you put ashes <laughs> in the soil, they improve the soil and they make stuff grow. So, like, when oh you've had, like, wow. a fire on... So that's why they, they burn crops. Yeah. Because the ashes are good for, like, new growth. Wow. So, actually, like, I don't know. If she burnt <laughs> those bones before she kind of ground them up, then maybe it was... is okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I remember I was because th- I totally missed it because I was like what is the thing with the ice cream like aren't you gonna serve mm. your guests anything else like they can't <laughs> see ice cream like why so much time spent over this like weird small meal and then I yeah you t- I totally missed it that's so annoying
1: oh, gosh. <laughs> no it's 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 all good um you've really made me appreciate this film more I have to say now I want to watch it again yeah I'm going to as well
2: had. I'm going to as well I really liked it
1: yeah, no, it it has a lot going for it for sure. then, um, if, any, if anything, I feel like we're very well placed and like natural experts to review revenge films because we're Scorpios. That's so true. That is so true. Like we spend so much time thinking about how we're going to get
2: revenge. Exactly, revenge is why I get out of bed in the morning. Yes,
1: it's the only absolutely. thing that motivates me.
2: Um, <laughs> but that is why it is upsetting to see like people take revenge with life badly lived because that's not yeah. how we're supposed to do it
1: no way no way no the best revenge is a life well lived yeah um but yeah but i'm i'm glad we we, um we took time to talk about these and i shall stay tuned to to find out who else will be named and shamed in the tiktok (laughs) story
2: like so i mean i it it, it's only people that don't take dating very seriously because like, you do get kicked <laughs> off that platform sure. if you do this so but apparently there's like a waiting list of like a hundred thousand people or something like that like what? Very, <laughs> like you know people like I guess and I don't know if that's curiosity about who you'll see on there or if it's like yeah. an actual desire to date a celebrity but whichever it yeah. is it's more going. like a
1: novelty app than anything else like I suppose so I, I guess the, the most like hilarious outcome is if people are signing up for a laugh and they end up meeting their soulmate. You know?
2: Yeah, I suppose that that maybe is the purest way to yeah. go about it because you really, you really don't meet someone until you stop looking. So that is true. You know, maybe that maybe this is the beginning. Like that, maybe both of these stories will end in marriages. Exactly. You know, like exactly ma- like these, the fairy. these men and nineteen-year-old have... brides. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: Come oh on, it is guys. funny. Like, it,
2: it may not be like dangerous, but it is a bit funny
1: when men, when like,
2: you know, when old oh men my seek God, to take 19 really year crying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely like keep an eye on that. Um, but next time we will be coming back. So obviously, this is a bonus episode, but we will be coming back to a regularly scheduled program.
2: Yeah, it's a bonus and- in terms of. Um, in terms of variation not a bonus in terms of of quantity
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes in terms of variation yeah (laughs) um so expect to hear from us in a couple weeks for episode four of the double parallel realities yay i'm so excited to be talking about this triangle and um jordan peele's film us
2: yes exactly
1: oh I don't I never know how to sign off
2: well yeah like um tell us how you think like tell us yeah we'd love to hear that we have the best uh reading of Promising Young Women (laughs) and Violation thank you very much yes
1: please yeah yeah yeah. we want to hear from you that we were 100% right yeah
2: we always (laughs) want to hear that from you that is what we want to hear and if you'd like to say that in a review or a tweet or a post on Instagram you're very welcome to thank you so much
1: feel free feel free.
2: Bye uh, bye
0: I didn't mean to end this life I know it was alright I can't even sleep And I can get it off my mind I need to get out of sight But I end up behind Bye Run, run, pum run, run, pum run, 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 pum run, run, pum run,